Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We unpack the objective truth with the utmost efficiency. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. We have an action-packed show for us all, and we're going to be getting into this seamlessly, hopefully, from topic to topic. I'm sure we'll do a good job with that, and we'll be doing it at the speed of sound. We have the unadorned truth coming at you in rapid succession today, so we're going to try to keep everybody together on all of this, and uh, we appreciate you tuning in. And, uh, you know, we're going to be discussing a lot of the, as well, we'll be exposing some of the media malpractice that's occurring, and we're going to be exposing some of that. That's been very obvious and very apparent uh, that's going on right now in the the propaganda fake news networks, from everything from the fake polls to the fake experts, everything else that they put out there to try to try to create public opinion. We're going to make sure right here on the point that we helped blunt their attempts. So let's jump right into this a little bit. And I I just want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what's going on. Look. It is the American ideal. What What is it that these leftists, these anarchists, what, what is it that they're seemingly going after? And, and I want to, first off, let me just say, the difference, the difference between a protester and an anarchist, okay? A protester is sort of like the people on the right to life marches. They show up, they walk peacefully, they may sing, they may not sing, they may pray, they may not pray, they may just walk quietly they may run a little bit they may walk hastily whatever but no matter how you slice it and dice it a peaceful protest is very easy to notice and very easy to see peaceful protests are in sense peaceful so they're easy to spot but when a peaceful protest turns into an illegal riot usually the anarchists are involved okay anarchists and peaceful protests do not go together okay an anarchist is not about peaceful protests. They're not about political change. They're not about getting compromise from anybody. They're about destroying whatever it is they're looking to destroy. And uh, anarchists are, in, in an essence, they're evil people, and they're just out there to instill their evil works and their, uh, their damage and their violence on on private citizens and on private property. This is what they're trying to do. Their goal is to intimidate. Their goal is to disrupt. Their goal, the anarchist goal, is to to get people to be afraid. Okay? And uh, the, the propaganda will always, and they are constantly, putting the anarchists and lumping them in as peaceful protests. And they just don't report it. Uh, some of the media malpractice that we were seeing in weeks past were, for instance, in Minneapolis, where they were on the, the fake news proper, proper propaganda networks and the, the fake journalists are out there reporting on the peaceful protests as the police cars and police buildings are burning in the back of them. Uh, I mean, they're, they're talking about people out there for a summer fun fest on the streets as people are walking by yelling profanities and throwing rocks and bricks and who knows what else at people. Uh, I think that's very uh, that's a very distinct difference between an anarchist and a protester. And uh, a recent ruling uh, by our Supreme Court, I think, really concerns me, too. Because the Supreme Court just ruled, I guess, that 
going to church was not legal in the event of a pandemic, like in California. But I guess the protests of anarchists are legal, according to the Supreme Court. I, I don't know, because one's legal and one isn't. So what we're seeing right now is what happens when you get activist judges, and I guess we have one right now who's supposedly a moderate, who was appointed by G.W. Bush, but he's not acting like a moderate. He's acting like an activist, okay? For whatever reason, he gave uh, he gave way to the activist governor in California, and uh, they're preventing churches from, from meeting. I mean, here it is. Here we are. I mean, the governor can say you can't have a funeral for a loved one. You can't go to church. But if you want to protest in Oakland or in San Francisco, you're all right to do that. You want to protest. You want to have a... Uh, like a chop zone, if you will, it's okay. I mean, it's okay to have some sort of a, you know, a summer loving on the streets, but you can't go to church. You can't go to a funeral for a loved one. You can't go to birthday parties, weddings, or things like that. They're limiting all these activities again in California. And the U.S. Supreme Court, I believe it was U.S. Supreme Court, just ruled that it was uh, okay for him to continue to do that. That's very distressing. I think it was the U.S. Supreme Court. Could have been the California Supreme Court. I'll look into that. If it was different, if it was the California and not the U.S., I'll, I'll fix that and correct that on my next show. But I do believe it was the U.S. Supreme Court. But whatever the case is, I want it known that obviously activist judges are ruling against the civil rights of, of our citizens. And what we have always had a problem here on the point with, our our issue has always been that they are seemingly putting our civil rights on hold for the promise of safety. And we are teaching these anarchists and these activists who want to end America as we know it, we're teaching them that how easy it would be if they were to create some sort of a fear over some sort of a, like a hyped-up fear over a hyped-up virus or whatever. In other words, they can hype up information, they can put out phony information, they can certainly affect the demeanor of the citizens and uh, promise safety, and uh, we're only going to suspend your civil rights for a very short time, then everything will be back to normal. <clears throat> Folks, this is insane, but this is what their goal is. You see, the Democrats have become the party of the mob. The Democrats are linked to the mob. <clears throat> the Democrats are linked to lawlessness. And the lawless, the lawlessness that's going on in these cities and these anarchists that are in these cities destroying private property <clears throat> and in some case hurting people <clears throat> and in some cases killing people. I mean, we're seeing anarchists running amok in our cities. And I don't want to miss that. I don't want our listeners to miss that because all of this is linked to the Democrats. As I've said, and I'll continue to say, I believe that we will have law and order on the ballot this November. We will. Okay. Uh, the Democrats and the anarchists are destroying our cities. They have no understanding of the future of our country. And how our Constitution guarantees life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness of everyone. 
and they're in a they're they're just in a maniac rage to efface America and efface American exceptional exceptionalism. Folks, the institutions that have been taken over by these by these anarchists, the absurd diatribes that they launch every day against our America first traditions is what we're seeing right now. And look, it is the American ideal that our founding fathers fought and died for to set up the greatest country on the planet. The natural American ethic is to get away from being told what to do by big government. It's just what our natural inclination is. These anarchists, they want to make the decisions for us. We're seeing it right here in Pennsylvania. We're seeing it right here. Here in Pennsylvania, we have a governor that has had us on lockdown for, oh, I I don't know, uh, 135, 40 days. And, you know, flatten the economy. First, it was flatten the curve. Then once we did that, then he basically moved the goalpost and said it's now flatten the economy. <clears throat> but he, he, they want to tell us where to go, when to go, what to do and how to do it, what to eat, what to wear, what to think, what to say. All of this, folks, if it sounds like tyrannical rule, it's because that's what it is. And what's interesting is they're doing this under the guise of under the guise of protecting us from a virus. Don't miss that. First off, I want to I want everybody to think <clears throat> we cannot legitimately believe scientifically that we can protect ourselves from any virus. You either get it or you don't get it. There's really not much you can do in living your life to protect yourself from getting it. Short of doing what Joe Biden's doing, which is cloistering himself off in his basement, basically uh, quarantining himself off with with just his goldfish and his wife, I guess then he can keep himself from getting some some virus. I, I don't know. I mean, but personally, if it's in the air, if you're going to be if you can breathe it in, if you can catch it from breathing it in. I mean, no, no cloth mask is going to prevent you from catching it. It just isn't going to happen. But understand something, folks. Government's nature is to control by way of, they they want to control your decisions. It's just their nature. They want, we actually have people who, who want to be told what to do by the government. We got people that have lost their sense of individualism, their, their sense of ability to think about their own their, their own rights and their own pursuit of their own happiness. So instead of wanting to rule their own lives, they're okay with mother government. <clears throat> There's some people like that. They're okay with mother government telling them what to do <clears throat> and how to do it. If you want the government to rule over you, they will gladly do it, folks. They will gladly do it. A Democrat wants to do this. And there are some Republicans that like big government, too. So don't miss that. I'm not particularly one of them, but there are Republicans that like big government. They just like to be the ones running it. Okay. But this really is a Democrat problem. It's in their DNA. 
a Democrat for big government, uh, government bureaucracy. It was the Democrats that gave us the Department of Education. It was the Democrats that gave us the Department of Energy. It was the Democrats that gave us the Department of Environmental Protection. It was the Democrats that gave us all the growth of government back in the 70s. Go through it, folks. You see how big government got back in the 70s. And even now, even now when we're looking here at how we're handling, uh, you know, the growth of government since, well, the last 20 years, we're seeing that as well. This one thing this pandemic has shown us is what can happen when the government is run by Democrats. Don't miss that. Don't miss that, folks. We've learned that very, very well with the front row seats, with the front row seat. And we're learning what happens and learning how Democrats lie, how they lie. Well, I mean, they, they lied about flattening the curve. We just saw that. Now it's flattening the economy. But even on these, even on what's going on in our cities, okay, and the anarchists that are in our cities, Jerry Nadler was just asked a few days ago by a, uh, a reporter, a Twitter reporter, I believe, but he was asked, it was a legitimate reporter asking a question about the anarchists in the cities. And Nadler said it was a myth. He said that the anarchists and the, and the, the destruction, the, the melting down and destroying of our cities is a myth. Now, look, I've heard it on talk shows this past week. And, I mean, there was one individual basically suggesting that maybe Nadler just was blind to it. He didn't see it. Folks, you're going to hear it from me here on The Point. Jerry Nadler <clears throat> does see it, as all these Democrats see it. The problem is, the problem is that he is rooting, okay? He is rooting. He is in league with their destruction. He wants this disorder to happen. They want this disorder to, to take place because they think it's going to take Trump out. They have nothing else to take out Trump with. And so Jerry Nadler lied to the American public, and he lied on the news. He lied to this reporter, and he said that it was a myth. Folks, he knows it's not a myth. He's lying. Jerry Nadler lied. Okay? Just like they lied, the Democrats lied with flatten the curve. Folks, it is so blatant and so obvious. What's going on in these cities, the destruction in these cities, the melting down of order in these cities is undeniable. The fact that these cities have changed arrest rules on criminals. They've also changed on these criminals bail rules. They've eliminated bail rules. So when certain criminals, I should say certain suspects, are arrested, are arrested for a crime, you know, the bail rules that are in place now, well, they they don't require bail. <clears throat> These people can actually post on their own trustworthiness that they will come back to a court hearing. See, again, as I stated, bail is someone vouching. So when, when you put up bail, if I was to put up bail for someone, I'm vouching for that person to go to court for their court date. And my way of vouching is putting up something of value. That's bail. Now, sometimes it may be the person themselves. So the, the person that's arrested for the crime, because they're a suspect until proven guilty. So the person that's arrested for the crime 
may they may put their own bail up. They may say, I'm going to put my own my own voucher up, if you will, that I will return for the court date. So basically, the, the bail is the bona fides, if you will, that the person's going to arrive for a particular court date. Now, <clears throat> oftentimes, if the person puts up their own bail, you know, they may decide, well, it's, a, it's the cost for getting away because they don't show up for the court date and they forego whatever they put up for bail. <clears throat> sometimes it's property, sometimes things are value, okay? <clears throat> but don't miss this. Don't miss this, folks. When they're faced with jail sentence or freedom, they'll pay the bail. So what oftentimes a judge can do is inflate the bail. They can increase the bail to make it prohibitive for a person to want to skip. For instance, when they because they're looking at the value of what's, you know, of a person, looking at the value of their property and assets, they may say, okay, well, instead of the standard $100,000 bail, we want a half a million dollar bail. And from what I understand, they only have to put about 10% of that up. I guess that's a bail rule change that happened some time ago. But whatever, <clears throat> they're going to put up a percentage of it. And again, if you're, if they've eliminated the bail rules and they're not putting anything up, and these people are just getting out and doing their thing, and they're not coming back to court. So they lose the bona fides, they lose their, 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 their assurance money, if you will. Uh, but they're also free. Uh, they're, they're also free. <laughs> you got to go rearrest them again. But what you want to understand is when you have a society that has been structured now where law enforcement has no teeth because you've taken away their qualified immunity or you've taken away the tools that they use to quell, you know, to quell violence or to arrest a violent suspect or to to bring in a, a, a person resisting arrest when you change the rules of arrest to the point where they can't use any real force anymore. Well, then it makes it harder for people to arrest if you're a police officer, therefore, and riskier. So therefore, less and less people will want to become police officers. This is their way of getting rid of the police to make it prohibitive for somebody to want to be a police officer. So these people have changed the arrest rules. They've changed the bail rules. And they've even changed what's illegal. Disorder crimes are now are now legal. What once were illegal are now legal. So you're seeing all of this happening in these cities, and all this this disorder is coming up. And the Democrats are part of it. They're part and party. They're in league with this. <clears throat> Don't miss that. And I I think what you have to realize, and you have to ask yourself. So, you know, what is it that the anarchists are doing? I mean, why are they doing this? Are they really looking for some sort of consideration, really? Folks, if you if you looked in Portland, for instance, they actually wrote, they graffitied their, their demands on the wall on the side of a building. And the mayor of Portland was standing in this, right in front of this wall or near this wall, as the mayor of Portland was on the bullhorn. And he's demanding, and of course, he's out there throwing his support out for these anarchists, and the anarchists are demanding for the mayor's resignation. Oh, and by the way, number three on their list of demands was the mayor's resignation. So here's the mayor going to bat for these anarchists, but they don't care about him. They don't care at all. And what they're doing now is they're just they're just throwing these people as fodder to the fire. That's what they're doing. Folks, we're seeing an attack. What these anarchists are doing is they're attacking 
are fundamental moral principles. The principles that our founding fathers enshrined in the Declaration of Independence. That's what's happening. All of us are created equal, and the history of our nation is the long and difficult struggle to live up to. It really is. It's, it's always been, because we're all flawed humans, so it's a long, difficult struggle to live up to the, those fundamental principles. Okay, but that, that persevering, that, that effort, okay, that trek, if you will, folks, we should be proud of that. And the fact that we've succeeded in the growth of this, the greatest nation on planet Earth, that is something to be proud of. The journey on which we've gotten to where we are, the fact that we've succeeded in so much is something to be proud of. We are the greatest country on planet Earth. We've done more to free the oppressed than any other country on planet Earth. That's a fact. We've done more for humankind than any other nation on planet Earth. Look, these are facts, folks, okay? But again, facts aren't important to some of these people. Because their goal is to attack our fundamental moral principles. They want to destroy that. That's their goal. You see, the Democrats want to highlight the America-hating Marxists, who are also the historical revisionists. They're they're, They're working to destroy love of country and to indoctrinate our young people into hating our country, convincing them to believe that our country is fundamentally evil and that our nation was not founded on human freedom. This is what they're trying to convince our young people. But folks, they're they're not going to be able to, they won't be successful in this because what's happening is they're awakening the silent majority who's not going to be silent any longer. They are awakening it. Because we've seen Trump fever in the in the countryside. We've seen it right here in Berks County. Okay, we've done four sign-up events. Now, what we're doing is we've spent time in our communities at basically uh, get your Trump yard sign. And while you're here, sign up for our Berks Republican Committee newsletter. We're encouraging people to sign up for a newsletter and sign up to get a Trump sign and to volunteer to work in our communities, to volunteer to help preserve our country and re-elect Donald Trump, we're seeing people in unbelievable numbers come forward. And just to put it in perspective, in four visits, in four, uh, I want to say in four events that we've had, which total about just about 10 hours, just about 10 hours, we've given out seven, we've, we've met personally 700 people in 10 hours. And they basically came up, signed up for, for, for volunteering. Many of them did. Uh, certainly got their yard sign. They certainly signed up for our newsletter. But that's 700 people that got yard signs and signed up for a newsletter. Basically, 700 people that came and spent time with us in 10 hours. Folks, to, to, just to put the math, I'm going to do the math for you. Because we will, uh, we will make sure this is unpacked very clearly and distinctly. That's seventy people an hour. 
That's more than one person per minute. Don't miss that, folks. Don't miss that. Okay? For 10 hours, we've had more than one person per minute in Berks County at four different locations come and sign up for a Berks Republican Committee newsletter as well as signing up to help the Trump campaign to get a Trump sign. Folks, that is Trump fever. That is what Trump fever is. It's the excitement in our community. It's the the excitement and thrill of, of supporting this country, the greatest country that God gave man. And to support our Gideon with a sword, Donald Trump, who's out there fighting for America's traditions. This is what's happening, folks. Don't miss it. I would tell you, folks, Trump fever is alive and well and real. And the Democrats want to believe the fake polls. The Democrats want to believe the fake news and the fake experts. You know, the James Carvels, who think, who want to continue the strategy with Joe Biden's strategy of cloistering him off in the basement. I mean, the Democrats are putting out this fake news, this fake information, the fake polls, and they're missing it. And I was listening to one commentator, one radio commentator, and he made a comment. He says, you think that the Democrat, you think that the media and the Democrats would have learned their lesson four years ago on fake polls and how the polls are wrong. You think they would have figured out how to get those polls right. Well, as I stated to my wife, I don't believe they're trying to get them right. They never were trying to get them right. They're not worried about being right, folks. They're convinced and they want to saddle this country with their narrative. They're, they're looking to use these polls to shape public opinion, not reflect it, to not report public opinion. Trump, folks, let me help you here. The Trump excitement is unbelievable. Berks County will go for Trump again, as we did in Berks County four years ago by 20,000 votes. I believe Berks County will go by 30,000 or more votes this time around. And the reason I'm saying that is because I am in the trenches and I am working in the communities and I see for myself the enthusiasm and the excitement that our president has and that the people in our communities have for our president. This is what's encouraging me. This is why I'm encouraging you. This energizes Republicans and demoralizes the Democrats. Trump fever is spreading fast, folks, and we are going to win this election. Uh, I was looking at a recent tracking poll, and of course, I look at the Rasmussen tracking poll every day. The Rasmussen tracking poll, I believe, is the only tracking poll out there. <clears throat> it shows the day-to-day tracking numbers of, of, of Trump's approval numbers and compares them with the day-to-day tracking numbers, the approval numbers, the day-to-day approval numbers of Barack Hussein Obama back in 2012 in his re-election year. The big difference is, the big distinct difference is, and I want our listeners to know, is that Willard Romney was actually a viable candidate. Not exactly Mr. Exciting. I mean, he was like milk toast Ward Cleaver, but he was a good candidate in as much as he was able to, because he had won statewide races. He had won, uh, you know, he had been elected before. Okay. He had, he had won races. He was a governor of Massachusetts at the time. You know, so, you know, he he had won races. He had also campaigned. He'd worked in campaigns. 
So, you know, he was a good candidate. Much better, of course, than Joe Biden, who, for all intents and purposes, has run for president. Well, he, he's been running for president since, I believe, 1988. Okay. And he's been running ever since. Uh, he ran in 88. Uh, then he ran again in 90, uh, it was 88 and then 92, he ran again. And then he ran again in 2000. That's the third time. Then he ran again in 2004. That's the fourth time. Then he ran again in 2008. That's the fifth time. And, uh, then he. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, he, he ran again in 20. Uh, well, he didn't run in 2016, but he ran again this time. So, I mean, you got it. He ran a half a dozen times. His entire career has been a, a real benefit, a real gift that keeps on giving to communist China. But it's also been an his his political career is nothing but a bunch of campaign losses on running for president. This man's been running for president for forever. Don't miss that, folks. Don't miss that. But one thing is for sure, they don't have a good candidate. Their candidate has been cloistered off in the basement. Their candidate has no, no hope of winning this election. They know it. And, and, and they know it. And that's why they're getting so, they're all they're so incensed right now. Because they understand they just can't pull it off. They, they Look, as this... As the election season winds down and gets closer and this after Labor Day, the polling, if you will, is going to change. And in October, you're going to see you're going to start seeing polling where Trump is leading because that's what's happening now. They're just not, you know, when, when they do a sampling, for instance, when they do a sampling on polling, you know, they're, they're going to run all kinds of different models of polls. For instance, Fox News ran a poll. Forty nine percent Democrats were surveyed and then 42 percent Republicans. But I'm sure they ran all these different surveys. They probably showed 38% Republicans, 42% Democrats, and the rest independents. They didn't like that result, so they produced another one. Let's go higher with the, with the Democrats and higher with the Republicans and lower with the independents. They probably didn't like that result, so they went higher with the independents, lower with the Republicans, higher with the Democrats. didn't like that result. They kept doing different models until they came up with a model that they liked. Again, they're, they're trying to create a horse race. They're trying to to create the public opinion. They're not trying to reflect that the polls are not. They're fake. They're phony. I think I heard Rush made a comment once. He says, just look at the 2016 polls and change the names on them because they're the same. It's the same thing all over again. I mean, this is the same movie rerun of the Titanic. And James Carville and others think that this time, I mean, this viewing of the Titanic, this time the ship will survive the iceberg. This is what they're thinking. They know these polls are wrong. They have to know these polls are wrong. And they're just standing up doing their thing, and, and they're trying to, well, they're just trying to double down the narrative. Folks, this is going to be a turnout election. That's all it is, and don't miss that. This is going to be a turnout election, a base turnout election. Trump's approvals with Republicans and reliable polling that I've seen is over 92%. Biden's approval with Democrats and reliable polling that I've seen is about 80%, maybe 78 to 80. Folks, Biden is where he is with the Democrats right now to where Trump was with the Republicans four years ago. 
The difference is Biden does have the media working for him and Trump didn't. But make no mistake about it. Because America's traditions were on the ballot last time in 2016, I think a lot of what was on the ballot in 2016 is not going to be on the ballot this time around. What you're going to see more of in this election cycle is not just American traditions, which was on the ballot. I mean, you, you had jobs and other things that were on the ballot. The economy was on the ballot back in 2016. But a lot of what you're going to see this time is fever. You're going to see absolute intense fever in voters coming out in droves because they want to preserve this country. And they see the attack against the institutions of this country. And they want to support Donald Trump. They are all, all these voters that are starting to look at this election cycle are very, they're very much, they're very much tying the lawlessness and the, uh, the rioting and the anarchists. They're tying all of that, linking all of that to the Democrats. You may be asking how they're doing that. Well, they're doing that because the mayors of these cities are all Democrats. That's why, and Trump has brilliantly offered assistance, and he's forcing these mayors to reject the assistance, the federal, the federal assistance. But getting back to what I'm saying, this is a turnout election. Now, in 2016, there were 77% of Republicans, I believe I heard 77% of Republicans came out. I think the Democrats were maybe a little less than that, maybe right around the same, but I don't I didn't get the Democrat numbers. I just got the Republican numbers, but I believe they were close. And then the independents came out about, you know, what they did. This year is going to be a higher turnout for Republicans. I mean, I, in my own little, my own little model, I put 75% for the Republican turnout, but I do believe the Republicans will be close to 80%. I, I just do. And the more that we see that's going on in these inner cities, the more that we see the violence from these anarchists, the more of what's going on, the lawlessness that's going on, <clears throat> the more the more we see this, the more Republicans are motivated to come and vote. And we're seeing this and understanding this, and we're getting this, okay, from actually working in the communities, folks. I'm not getting this from polling. I'm getting this, and I'm not wish-casting either. I'm getting this from seeing the excitement on the ground. Don't miss that. I'm telling you, what what we're able to do, what we're able to achieve because of the excitement for Donald Trump and, the, and America's first traditions, what we're seeing in energy, the Democrats that are standing around watching these events are in awe. And quite frankly, those Democrats are, are completely demotivated. I mean, they, they are... They are what I would call, they're, they're just demoralized. For lack of a better word, that's just what they are, demoralized. And so don't miss that, folks. What we're seeing a lot of and what we're going to continue to see a lot of, this turnout is going to be huge. It's going to be a base turnout election. Republicans are going to come out for Trump, and Trump's going to get 92 94% of the Republicans and Joe Biden might get 82, 84% of the Democrats. And, I mean, Trump wins without the independents even be counted. And even if you throw the independents in, 
he still wins. Even if Biden gets the independence by a handful of points, like five points or whatever, it doesn't matter. See, one thing about the independents you got to remember is the independents, like about 15% of them, whatever that they are that turn out, <clears throat> of the 100% that turn out, 15, 20% of them will vote for a third party candidate. The rest of them will split their vote off between the D or the R. They just do. But because they're lower in numbers and because, you know, 5% of a lower number is not that big of a change in the swing, if you will, of things, unless there's a lopsided taking of these, you know, break, if you will, of the of the breaking of the vote, if you will, one going to the R and one going to the D, a lopsided D in favor of the D, I, I, a really lopsided result, you're, you're not going to see them affect the, the, the election. They just won't. They won't have the effect. So what we're likely to see is the base turnout will affect the election. We're going to see that because the Republicans come out in great numbers and because Trump ends up with 92 out of every 100 or 93 out of every 100 voting for him or 94 out of every 100 and Biden scratches 84 out of every 100, you're going to see that Trump ends the day when you're, when you're counting Republicans, Democrats, that he's actually ahead by a sufficient amount before they even get to the independence. So that being said, be of good cheer and understand that we're likely to pull this off. America is going to vote for law and order. And I don't want to miss that. See, Americans are not going to vote to eliminate gang databases. They're not going to do that. Americans are not going to vote to eliminate qualified immunity in our police and defund the police. They're not going to vote for that. Americans are not going to vote to eliminate disorder crimes and allow disorder to reign in our cities. They're not going to do that. Americans are not going to vote to eliminate cash bails. They're just not. Americans are not going to vote for open borders. Sanctuary cities, they're not going to vote for that, folks. And therefore, by default, will not vote to eliminate ICE. Americans won't do that. Americans do not want to vote for people that want to abolish the Constitution and rewrite it in their own fifth dimensional image. Americans will not vote to eliminate the Electoral College. They won't do that. And they certainly will not vote for a party that promises to stack the Supreme Court. And they're not going to vote for a party that promises to cut away at our Second Amendment rights, folks. So all those things I just tallied off there, all those items I just talked about, were all decried and all put out in the Democrat debates. <clears throat> I mean, they were all there. Now, the Democrats are out there recently talking about the gang databases and the qualified immunity and stuff. But the, but the last part of that, you know, of the defunding ICE, the eliminating ICE, the, the sanctuary cities, the open borders, you know, Health care for all illegal illegal aliens. I mean, health care for all the illegal immigrants. I mean, this is the kind of stuff. Eliminate electoral college, free college for all, stacking the Supreme Court. All that stuff came up in the Democrat debates. I'm not just making this up. I'm not just putting out there nuances, folks. These items, these policies were discussed and debated at length in the Democrat debates. All six or seven of them that they had prior to the COVID, prior to Joe Biden getting the nomination. So don't miss that. 
I mean, this is what the Democrats want. And the they become, I believe, by default. I mean, Americans are not going to vote to give China or to ensure that China has most favored nation status that Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden gave to China. They don't want the Chinese having most favored nation status, folks. They don't want that. And they're not going to vote for making China great again. They're just not going to vote for that. Americans want to preserve America. They want to keep America great. This is what's going to happen, folks. Don't miss it. It's going to come down. There's going to be a distinct difference. And I believe that's why Trump did what he did with the convention. I think he changed everything because he does not want the Pravda propaganda hyping up stories about the 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 COVID, if you will, and how we had the convention in Jacksonville and all these people, and they're going to be trying to tie infections to it and the whole bit. He does not want the news cycles to be distracted with all of this. He just doesn't. He, does, he wants the news cycles to be reporting what is real, and it the news cycles will be reporting the distinct difference between a Marxist make China great again globalist versus an America first make them keep America great American. And Trump is made has has truly made this country. He had Trump has truly made this country America first. It has become it has gone from a political slogan to a way of life in this country. Americans know that. And Trump has done that successfully. So Americans, I mean, this is how they're going to vote. I believe this is what's going to happen. And uh, I think that we're going to be seeing a lot of, well, I know the Burks GOP, the Burks Republican Committee is going to continue to get out there and talk about the facts. We're going to continue to get out and meet our, our community, our constituents, continue to gauge and measure the enthusiasm levels that are going on. We're going to continue to to push to get the truth out there because, folks, that's what this is all about. I don't want to miss that. But anyway, I want to talk a little bit. We're going to bring on uh, Donna Merritt. Donna Merritt is a publicity chair of the uh, Berks Republican Committee, uh, social media sites and so forth, and she handles that. And she's going to be getting on the air. We're going to talk a little bit with her because she was just traveling overseas and I'm gonna, I, want, I want our listeners to understand what happens in some of these more socialist-type countries, uh, you know, how they, how they become more of a police state, if you will, and uh, how they're basically controlling the lives of the citizens of these nations and, and, and uh, what's amazing and what she saw with her own eyes. So we're going to be bringing her on uh, in a moment. Okay, and we've got Donna Merritt on the phone. Donna Merritt, as I stated, she is the publicity chairwoman of the Berks Republican Committee, and she's doing a dynamite job. We have, I believe, in Berks County, the best-run social media platform anywhere, or the apparatus, if you will. Uh, she has taken it from uh, rags to riches, if you will. We're, we're, we're streaming up in the stratosphere with how well we are doing with it, and Donna is leading the way. Donna, welcome to the welcome to the point. Thank you, Clay. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. I wanted you to chat with our listeners a little bit about what you're seeing and what you saw when you were traveling abroad recently. Okay. Well, 
Again, I went to the Bahamas, and of course, they had to take a COVID test, and the country had to give me a visa, but they required a negative COVID test. So that was the first start. I was completely shocked when um, I found that out because nobody mentioned that in the beginning of my quest for a vacation. So anyway, so um, the day we get there, they changed all the rules, well, a lot of rules, and the prime minister actually... Um, closed the beaches because the following day was their Independence Day for the whole entire weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Closed the beaches. Wow. <laughs> now, we had a private beach at the hotel we stayed at. And, of course, you know, the um, lifeguard, he didn't really seem to care. But on Sunday, the third day, literally four policemen drove up on those, um, what do you call those, um, uh they're like little motorized motorcycles that ride on the water. What are they, um, and vehicles, okay. yes. And, and plowed up to the beach and, and, and demanded that all of the six people that were on the beach get off the beach. Now, I was oh. at the pool, so I, I, I wasn't on the beach at the time. But there's only six people on the entire beach. And they literally did that to intimidate you, to get them off, to get them off the beach. So I thought that was – even though it was a private beach. So I thought that was a little much. And then – if you notice all over um, the second day we were there, I noticed they put a sign on the door that the um, the tenants would go in and out. And it said, uh, per the prime minister, anyone caught without wearing a mask in public places would be fined 200 to $500 and or be put in jail for 30 days. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then there, the signs were, of course, all over the elevators. In front of the elevators, when you got out, you had your little stand here places, you know, and everything. And uh, so it was getting to be a bit much. And I'm not a mask mask lover, so this was really um, frustrating to me. So then when we were going out shopping in town, especially on the holiday, now even though we were the only plane that had come in so far, Okay, from the Americas, because they just opened up the, the country. Um, and our hotel apparently was the only one that never got shut down. Um, all the other ones did, like the Atlantis and the Bar Mar and all these big, you know, resort hotels were all shut down. But we stayed at the Hilton Colonial, British Colonial, which is the original um, oldest hotel, like on all the island anywhere. That was never shut down. We learned that apparently the government decides who can work and who can't, who's to open and who can't. Okay. So then as we're shopping, especially on that day, they started to open up a few stores that one day. And because I think we'd been there for two or three days and they hadn't opened up any. But they opened up some. But if you looked around, there was a police officer on every corner. And there was barely anybody walking the streets. You know, there was a few natives and me and my friends who were who were uh, tourists from America and like maybe five other people we saw walking the streets, but there was literally a police officer on every corner in the little shopping part of Nassau. And then as we went down towards the fish fry, which was the other side of the town, we had to take a bus or a taxi there. You had to pass the police station every other day. They had, they had stop checks. They had police on either side of the street, stopping cars, checking to make sure if there was two or more people in the car that you had your mask on, if taxi drivers had their licenses and everybody was legal and all this stuff. And it was really kind of nerve wracking because the first time I noticed it, I was actually walking to the state store and uh, by myself. And it was a little intimidating because I realized people were getting pulled 
pulled over right where I was walking past the police station. And then as you drove to go to the fish fry every night, every night, you saw them doing it like every other night. Then when you got to the fish fry, which is like a big street on the ocean that has all these, you know, native uh, restaurants all one after another. They have outdoor dining, indoor dining, and they all sell fish and conch, which was very popular there. And it was just native cooking. And there were policemen were watching everybody going in and out. They were checking people on the sidewalks for masks. I mean, it was very police state like. It was a little intimidating, a little annoying because no, no, none of the travel agents told us that we what we were in for. Well, and you know me, I was pulling my mask down every opportunity that I could get. The only time it was up was in front of a police officer, and um, and so I just wanted to say that, you know, and and think about this too. This is their only economy. That's right. The only industry they have is tourism. And the day we left, we were there for 12 days, okay? The day we left, the prime, the night before we left, but, uh, Sunday night, the prime minister came on television when we were in the restaurant at the hotel eating and said, now they do speak English there, so you can understand everything, uh, that they were going to close the country down to all American travel. They would only allow people from Canada, Europe, and um, uh, Great Britain in. Um, and, and every, nobody else was allowed in. Now, this was sad because here we are, the Bahamas and Nassau, there was not one cruise ship that came in. And, you know, the whole time we were there. And, uh, we had one little lady, she, she was sitting on the bench as we were shopping one day in the like six stores that were open that we could look at. Um, and she pulled us over and said, would you pray for me? And she just, you know, wanted prayer because she was one of the people who was a merchant at what they call the, um, straw market, which is like a flea market, and everybody sells stuff and you barter and everything. And she hadn't been working for, you know, a long time. And um, she wasn't sure if they were going to open because the cruise ships weren't supposed to be um, coming back until the end of August, which now, of course, is in September. And then after this order, who knows? It was kind of indefinite. And all, Oh, and then the prime minister closed all the beaches again. There was nobody on the beach! You know, we That's walked a- the beaches and there was like no, it was like three people on, on all the, of the four beaches that we walked on that were consecutive when we went downtown a little bit further from my hotel. It was crazy and all those beaches were closed. And then, so that's to say, you know, um, you know, and everywhere you went, the policemen were just checking everybody, make sure they had your mask on. It was very unsettling. Well, I think, <laughs> and I felt I think what's, so bad. What's interesting is you and I were chatting about this earlier and, and, and you know, I, I think what's interesting is, this is what what would the Democrats do if they were completely in charge of your life? See, what you have to realize is they're 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 taking away the rights of these people. The right. I mean, yeah. when you take away when you take away someone's ability to earn money, when you take yeah. away their rights to earn money, because yeah. money is by definition the freedom that we have. And when you take someone's money away. You've totally made someone dependent on you as a state. And so what's happening is they're dependent on the state. They've taken away their income earning and they're shutting down these beaches. They're shutting down their economy. They don't have a problem with that. They've used this pandemic not to ensure the safety of their citizens, folks. They've used this pandemic to seize control of the lives of their citizens. This is what this is. And then what will eventually happen is when things reopen, they will gradually go back and and we will give you back some of your rights. But make no mistake, the precedent was set. And a lot of these courts, you have to understand something. 
even in this country, we're seeing it. The precedent is being established and set by the the activist judges who are allowing yeah. this overreach by these governors. We're seeing it right here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I'm telling yeah. you, folks, this is why we have to be very, very careful not to elect these Democrats who are going to work against giving the citizens back their rights. They want right. the, they want desperate governors to overreach. Folks, I'm, I mean, make no mistake about this. The Democrats' goal is to take away your ability to earn money because then you will be surgically attached to the government, which they in turn will control. This is what, and they'll give you a marginal, a marginal existence. I was listening to a, 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 one of those gangster movies once, and one of the gangsters was talking to somebody who was asking a question about, would you rather be feared or would you rather be loved? And he says, well, I'd rather be feared. Because he says, what you have, he says, he made a comment, he says, you never want to give your people, you want, you never want to give them too much where they don't need you, but not enough to where they'll try to work to overturn you. And so what happens is these governments that become so big, they've, they've established a network, if you will, they've established a process to where they can keep your rights from ever coming back to where they were. We just watched, as I said, the, the the Supreme Court rule against going to church. And, you know, here we have a pandemic and the Supreme Court says it's OK in this country. I believe it was the United States Supreme Court that ruled this in California, but it could have been the appellate court or the state Supreme Court. If I'm wrong, I'll correct it next week. But I do want to make a point. It was a Supreme Court OK, that made the decision to say no to churchgoers. And no to going to funerals for loved ones, no for private parties, no for going to the beaches, no for going blah, 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 out, whatever. But yes to the anarchists that are in our streets destroying and, and, and I mean, just yes to, to throwing, you know, Molotov cocktails and rocks and everything else at our police officers, you know, yes to the destruction of private property. And no to civil rights. I mean, this is what I'm seeing. Donna's seeing. This is why we do what we do for the Republican Committee, because we are at work convincing Americans, convincing Pennsylvanians that Trump fever is alive. It is well. It is strong. It is growing. And we encourage everyone to get it, to catch it. Amen. Because this is what's going to elect our president and preserve this country, folks. And what we're seeing on the ground in our communities is real. We're confident, we're convinced more than ever what what's what how we've been blessed by getting out into the communities is we're seeing the excitement. We're seeing the energy. We're seeing the enthusiasm. Folks, Joe Biden doesn't have that. Joe Biden's a horse with a heart condition. He has no chance of winning this election. Our Gideon with a sword. He has energy like he has the energy of a nuclear power plant on his back from cheeseburgers and Diet Cokes. And their 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 horse racer, if you will, their horse in the race has got a heart condition and can't compose five sentences off a teleprompter. I mean, he can't he can't compose a complete thought. I mean, there's no way that Joe Biden's going to beat Donald Trump and they know it. I mean, and when the dust settles, folks, when Joe Biden goes to the polls and votes, I wouldn't be surprised if he himself votes for Donald Trump. Um, 
<laughs> I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Donna, thanks for taking the time with us today. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. We so appreciate you being here and making us your your guiding light, if you will, in times of political turmoil and upheaval. We appreciate you being here. We do work to explain the unexplainable in a way that does pack a punch. Thanks for being with us today on The Point. I'm Clay Bree. See you, see you next week on The Point, but see you this afternoon at 1 o'clock with our show, The Watchmen. We are going to be getting into what's going on, if you will, with, uh, with the FBI and the FISA course. We've got some more news on that. Peter Strzok's lawyer. We want to talk a little bit about that. And we want to talk a little bit about the new rescue package that the Democrats are pushing us through hoops over. And uh, we want to get into that as well. We'll unpack that as well for you later today on The Watchmen. For Donna Merritt, I'm Clavery. See you next week on The Point. Goodbye for now. Goodbye.